Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Kayla Saxon, the queen of new releases. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. You probably said, I smell something, it must be Vonnie. <laughs> She's got the cartoon cloud of stench around her head today. Tell us why you stink, Vonnie. Because I curled Febreze into my hair this morning on accident. Why did you have this Febreze next to your freaking curling iron? Because it's the only plug that's in the bathroom. And that's where the smelly stuff goes. Martha just doesn't like anything that's. I mean, I like Febreze. It's just when it's too strong. Yeah. I mean, I can. It's. It's gagging me, so I, know. I couldn't imagine. Like, so if, on Fridays, if we record, sometimes I go play darts, and mm-hmm. even if I'm not drinking or whatever, the second you walk into this bar that we go into, you, you immediately smell. smell like smoke, like this massive amount of smoke. Mm-hmm. And so I'll come up here, and I'll just feel bad about how much... So I have Febreze in my office, and it's like the fabric kind, Yeah. and I'll like try and spray myself, and it doesn't really <laughs> help. I mean, I think it does help the smoke a little bit, but then I just smell like this... Strong ass Febreze, and I'm like, whatever, it's better than smoke. Martha can just deal with it. But we have another reason to celebrate today because it's Kayla's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday, Kayla. Thank it's actually you. not Kayla's actual birthday. The whole month is my birthday. Yeah. She, <laughs> she starts celebrating month. on the 1st of March. She starts posting 10 more days, 9 more days, 8 more days. <laughs> I don't think I know very many people who get as excited about their birthday as you do. Except for maybe me. <laughs> I think it's a Pisces thing. Me too. So did you look at your presents yet? Yes. Um, some of them. Hold on. I have to look at the other one. <laughs> she opened mine, but not yours. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I have a pillow that says books. I need more books. Always. I'm going book shopping today. <laughs> <laughs> and then your jaunty bag, here, which here. says... And I have an awesome new tote that says Three Book Girls, a podcast with the website, threebookgirls.com. Woo! And what else is in there? Ooh, I have a card. It says, who is this moderation we're supposed to be drinking with? Please don't invite her to your party. Happy birthday. I love it. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. What's this? What do you think it would be? (laughs) It's <laughs> a gift card <laughs> for more books. books. More books. That's for your book shopping today. And of course, Nicole got you all kinds of goodies too. She got you books or wine socks and a wine shirt. And some magnetic bookmarks. Woo! I thought they were cute. These are very cute. You just got all kinds oh, of presents. And a bottle of champagne. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget that <laughs> champagne in there <laughs> for when you celebrate. Bonnie's got a severe obsession with dogs at the moment. We've talked about her already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about her last yeah. week. And I put pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Echo is the obsession of Vani's life at the moment. But she's so adorable. Um, she's kind of your obsession, too. I'm yeah, pretty sure goes, that you bought her stuff when we went to the I store. I did. I did. <laughs> I bought her a toy that looks like a slice of pie. Aww. Because <laughs> I love pie. And I love Echo. So, And I'm also carrying her with me right now. You have some hair. I do have some hair going on. I, oh, yeah. I yeah, can't get too. that damn hair out of my freaking car. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It, it will never come out. And right and now. And she's not even my dog. Yeah. 
I, th- uh, I can go on vacation and find, like, my dog's hair. Like, it'll, I'll just find it on my jeans. And I'm like, wait, I have I a dog all this stuff at my before. house, and her hair it's is. because she doesn't live inside your house. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But she's a black dog, though. Mm-hmm. And she's and got longer hair. And yeah. I feel like even though they shed more, technically, it's easier to, like, clean out. Because that short hair, like, pokes into stuff. <laughs> and I was at the car wash for, like, 30 minutes trying to get that echo hair out of my back seat because I have a cloth black back seat and echo is white short hair trick what you go get a squeegee and you use that while you're to like as you're vacuuming like a dry squeegee the hair yeah dry squeegee Uh, and it pulls the hair out from between the cloth I need myself a squeegee you know I did that with my hair one time with the um with a uh a, a snow thing, a snow scraper. Oh yeah, I had I couldn't get the hair wouldn't vacuum up, and it's my hair, so it's mm-hmm. long. You so need I like t- the little rubber pieces on it. Yeah, so like I was taking the the scraper and like scraping my hair up into a pile so that I can <laughs> throw it. Out. Well, you know what the really funny part about my little trip to the car wash was is uh, <clears throat> I was going through scraping the hair off, and she, we had covered the seat. Yeah, and so there was only just a small area that had echo hair on it. And I wasn't going to like vacuum the whole car, just that spot, because I didn't have time. And I, I looked down on the back seat on the opposite side of where she was, and there was a bunch of hair down there. <laughs> so I'm like looking at it, and then I pulled it up, and I realized it's my hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing how much you and Echo have in common, because you're both very petite people with smaller heads a and tiny little pinhead. Very large mouth. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> so, like, you know how when you have really long hair, and I know this happens to more You're people terrible. Than, okay, I know this happens to more people than just me, because Leah was talking to me about this the other day, but I have really long hair, and it gets everywhere. Like, it'll be in my yeah. bathroom everywhere, my bed, everywhere. So... One day, Travis, he had, like, gone to pee or something at work and texted me and was like, why is one of your hairs wrapped around my penis right now? (gasps) (laughs) Because, like, it'll, like, my hair gets in his laundry and everything. I don't know, Travis. Dude, did you remember last night? Nope, it was not that. It takes a lot to rend me silent. (laughs) But that just did it. No, okay, but really, Martha, if you go ask your... Ask your husband if he's ever found your hair like on his penis, not but like in his underwear or something. Like he literally, prob- he probably he, and he, he probably, probably just doesn't text you about it, like mine does. Travis is so. He's funny. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it was funny because my like friend that works here, she mm-hmm. was talking about how Rodney, like her boyfriend, will find mm-hmm. her hair everywhere, and he'll about it too and i'm like yep when you have thick hair or yeah. even if you don't have thick hair it's like you, women just have yeah hair falls my, out it goes everywhere when we took our truck to have it fixed one time the mechanic asked ron about his dog he said we don't have a dog <laughs> i was like, what's all this blonde hair all over your car he said, that's my wife's hair i had long hair at the time <laughs> Long blonde hair. He thought we had a golden retriever or something. <laughs> it's like, no. Nope. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know my hair gets all over everywhere. Yes, mm-hmm. Vonnie's hair. I, I find Vonnie's hair at my house and six I have, months later. And I haven't even been to your house in half a year. I know. It was even weirder when Dylan had a dark-haired girlfriend. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah that's creepy when you find people's Long, hair that you don't dark know. Hair. Like, or, what the hell's that doing there? I'm glad he doesn't have a dark haired girlfriend anymore. Of course, he doesn't live with this anymore, so that's. I'm just glad he doesn't have that girlfriend anymore. I know. <laughs> that bitch! It's weird when you get to be a mom who's old enough to have a son who's old enough to have a girlfriend. Because then you automatically hate those people if they're not perfect. You guys don't know the struggle yet. I'm glad my mother-in-law, who's not, I'm not married, but she likes me. Does she? I think, I hope she acts like she likes me. I like my son's (laughs) current girlfriend. The one before. Yeah, but you liked his current girlfriend before she. Well, she was a little questionable. I just kept my mouth shut most of the time. Hmm. But there wasn't any, there's nothing you can do about it. No, there's not. Like, honey, you have to dump her because she's a bitch. <laughs> and then six months later, she's a bitch. And that girl's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, you're going to experience that. You have two boys. Yeah, you just wait. Uh, you're in for it. I'm not ready. <laughs> it is It is not a pleasant thing, I can tell you that, for nothing. I mean, they don't even like bringing their friends to the house as it is. So <laughs> it'll be one of those, hey, mom. I'm getting married. Like, where's she come from? Oh, we've been dating. We've been dating for three years. Yeah. I just haven't brought her I home yet. Her home to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's also St. Patrick's Day today. So mm-hmm. for our, all our Irish book girls today. We should have made Travis come up just so he could talk in an Irish accent for five Dang minutes. And we should have. Get him on the phone. <laughs> Call him up. We'll put him on. We're waiting. He's going to be like, what the fuck? And then you're going to hear Daisy barking in the background because she's at my house. Oh, (laughs) the queen of the bark. Daisy. She's actually a lot better, but she was barking this morning because the neighbor dogs were barking and she wanted to play Mm. through the fence. Daisy's a corky, right? Mm -hmm. My my drunk neighbor came out with his corky the other day. (laughs) Yeah. Corgi? Corgi. Not a corky. Corgi. Corgi. Whatever. I mean, kind of sounds more fun. (laughs) Meaning your neighbor who's always drunk or your neighbor who was drunk at Um, that moment? um, At that moment, but it's actually the first time I've ever met him. So I don't know if he's drunk all the time. Everybody in Vonnie's new apartment building has dogs. Yeah. Everybody. On uh, like Facebook and Instagram, there's a page you need to follow and it's called the Round Animals. Mm -hmm. And they literally just post pictures of round animals and it's the most adorable thing in the entire (laughs) world. (laughs) Round? Okie dokie then. Don't you have anything better to do than look at animal crap on on the internet? Uh, no. No. <sighs> I'm busy reading all the time, so I don't look at animal Well, videos. you can yeah, turn you an audio on and then you're... sit there and look at animals while you're listening to your audiobook. Nah. <laughs> I joined a group that um, is for people who have rescued dogs from the Red Dirt Boxer Rescue. So there's like pictures of people's boxers on there like all the time. So you like can just boxer shorts. No, like boxer dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, I'm funny. Oh my god, that is a round animal. <laughs> what is that a hamster? Oh, and then one day they did had opposite day, so they made square square cats. <laughs> <laughs> the inanity of uh, the internet on display. Oh my Aww. gosh. So if you want to look at something funny, what is that on? It's on Instagram or Facebook, but it's just called Round Animals. It's like a whole page <laughs> of round animals that 
Like, look at this little raccoon guy. It should be called <laughs> fatanimals.com. Because they're fat. That's why they're around. The That's true. Everybody loves animals. Except maybe me. <laughs> you love animals. I, I you get, just pretend. I get really um, over them very quickly, though. They're fun to play with, and then I'm like, okay, now go the fuck away. You ever say that to my dog, and you'll be going the fuck away. Yeah, I know, which is why I leave. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you ready? (laughs) Okay, gotta go now. It's like you're, it's like being overstimulated. I get overstimulated by that whole, not by Echo, because she's not like that. She's not like in your face 24-7. She'll play, and then she'll go lay down and go to sleep. Yeah. So what she does all the time. She's the most sleepingest dog. But there are some animals that like have to like bother you and sniff your crotch and lick your face and lick your feet and constantly. I don't like that. (laughs) I'm more of a cat person where you pet them for a couple minutes and then they bite the shit out of your hand and go away. (laughs) Kayla already put her (laughs) gifts on Instagram. Did you? She's she's sneaky. Anyways, I guess we should talk about books since that's why we're here and not animals, because I could talk about animals all day long. Yeah. Speaking of overstimulation about animals, did you notice I sort of checked out there for a minute? (laughs) Slightly. Check out. I mean, we should talk more about Kayla's birthday. That's why she drove all the way up here to be on the podcast. Not just that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it had something to do with the fact that I said that we had gifts. That either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I suppose we could go to books. Well, I read something to stimulate our 40 to 50-year-old male. Did you just say to stimulate (laughs) our 40 to 50-year-old men? What, do you got a porn book over there or something? Close. Brown chicken. Close. It's a war book. Dr. Vonnie Golden. (laughs) (laughs) The new Dr. Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) all right go ahead one of the reasons why i think that um 40 or when i say 40 to 50 year old men will enjoy this is because it was recommended by my dad who's in his 60s Uh uh-huh i see and martha you are going to roll your eyes at this i know you are okay wait a minute before she's going to be doing a lot of that during she's doing it right now no, I, that's a pensive look. That's I'm me being pensive. Questioning this look. You know, we really do need to do a video and podcast so that people can see that I clearly always look like that. You clearly <laughs> always roll your eyes at us. I clearly have have perpetually rolling eyes. I can't help it. Okay, the reason why Martha is going to roll her eyes at me is because this is a nonfiction World War II book about the fighting in the Pacific. That's not so bad. Written by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. Dugard. Bill O'Reilly? We're talking about the conservative whack job Bill O'Reilly? Yes, but it actually was a really good book. I am not necessarily conservative, my dad tends to be very Republican. That's probably why it was recommended to me from him. You know, I have to react that way. It's just, it's just knee jerk. Well, maybe his over dramatizations made this the well written book that it is because it's very passionate. Ooh, passionate. Okay, I can. So it that. keeps your attention. It does. It doesn't read like a textbook with all of the factual stuff because it's told with such vigor that you can. 
feel the excitement in the words, if oh. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I had a history teacher like that, and I really enjoyed his class because he made everything just sound so interesting because he was so, you know, riled up about it. An impassioned presentation. Yes. Okay. Okay, so this is about the war in the Pacific, mainly about Japan. And I didn't realize that Japan was just as evil as the Nazis, except they didn't discriminate on who they were evil to. I mean, they talk about, like, just villages that they just annihilated, like, in different, like, in the Philippines and China and everything else when they just came in and took over their, basically, their whole motto was, win at all costs, take no prisoners. And they meant it when they said take no prisoners. And there's, I mean, sadistic things, like, they would, like, kill people and then um, after they were dead take their cut their penises off and put it in their open mouth and that like, sounds like a mob like killing or something and like torture them like by making like um, fathers rape their daughters and like sh- shit like that it, <laughs> that's why I said I didn't realize how horrible Japan was during World War II I mean obviously they're not like that now they've come a long way from there but I was like, holy shit. Whoa. And it's kind of like, um, I kind of understand why we did the, we reacted the way that we did during the war is what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say whether what we did was right or wrong because everybody's going to have their own opinion on that. But wow. Dang. Yeah. It, it talks a lot about. Um, President- I'm going to strip the skin off and make a puppet out of your face. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gruesome stuff this was a pretty passionate book that told kind of told backstories also about some of the uh, colonels and the captains and about president roosevelt and truman and everybody else that was really involved with the war which was interesting and some very you know random interesting facts which one of them i told you the other day which I thought was very enlightening. I didn't uh, realize that that particular president um, had a mistress. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. only did he have a mistress, but when he died, he was with his mistress and not his wife. Yeah. 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 That so, would have been a tabloid um, explosion. If, he, if, if it would have been, been during this time. Yeah. That would have definitely gotten out. Right. <laughs> Been all over the internet. <laughs> exactly. So this was Roosevelt, right? Right. Roosevelt. Wow. Teddy? No. Franklin. Franklin. And well, I mean, I think you have to think about his wife. Actually, yeah. You have to consider Eleanor. Actual lesbian or? <laughs> that was the that was. I the think word. she was. I, yeah. I think I have a so, book about that yeah. at home I need to read. So Eleanor and Martha Gellhorn were really good friends. But there's actually stuff about FDR's. His actual, because they, it, they kept it really, his um, affair, mm-hmm. he, they kept it under wraps, but there, there's actually a lot of information about it mm-hmm. in, like, I don't know, See, I didn't know, books about it. I didn't know that. I haven't really been all that interested in history, though, but this is, that sounds really fascinating. Yeah. Um, you would not like this book. It's way too factual for you and way too war-related. <laughs> yeah. You're I just going to have to pick through for the You got to romance me tidbits. a little bit when it comes to uh, information. I have to be given it in small doses more of a historical 
fiction rather than a we have to what nonfiction. Yeah, no, romance. I, know, I didn't realize I said that. Yes, I, that was probably a poor choice of words on my part. That's you know interesting coming from the Tin Man. I know, but um, I think that people who really love war books will like this book. It was well written. Like I said, very passionate. I didn't want to quit reading it. And you know how sometimes when I read nonfiction books, they have really good parts and then you have a lot of factual stuff that's like textbooky and you just kind of, you know, get through that part and then there's something more exciting. This, it, it kept my attention through the whole thing. <laughs> and yeah, it was definitely a win. I enjoyed it. And um, they talk about the making of the atom bomb. They actually talk about how it affected the scientists who were making the atom bomb and mm. how they, the stress almost like killed one of them. I can't imagine. Just because they knew what they were I've creating. I've always wanted to read a book specifically about that. And Einstein, did you know Einstein um, was forbidden to work on the yep. project because they um, they had him under watch as I, being I, a communist sympathizer? Yep, I actually knew that. Yeah. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And they talk about how the A-bomb affected Hiroshima and was it Nagasaki? The second one that we dropped. You're asking the person that fell asleep in history class on a regular basis? That's pretty sure. Well, (laughs) (laughs) no, I really don't know. I should know, but I do not know. Is it sad that one of the reasons I remember that is because of Karate Kid? (laughs) Didn't, didn't like that movie. Sorry. What? I know. There's a lot of history in it. When probably he's talking about because the what's his butt was from Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi was from Nagasaki. I just didn't like that movie. Sorry. <laughs> the original one. What? I met Mr. Miyagi. What? Did you? Yeah, I was in a parade and he was in a little Corvette in front of me in Carson City, Nevada. That's awesome. And it was like two years before he died. Hmm. I mean, I just said hi to him. And talked bro- to him. He was really old. He could. Your brush with fame? I mean, I've met a lot more famous people <laughs> since then. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Kayla's Sorry. over here waxing it on and waxing it off. <laughs> but, I mean, in this... This book wasn't just one-sided. It was very truthful about the the terrible effect that the A-bombs had on the cities that we dropped them on and the terrible effects that Japan had on all the other countries that they were trying to conquer. They also talked about Russia a little bit after Japan's defeat because, you know, that's about the time that the Cold War started. <laughs> and and um, the Soviets were trying to take over countries after the defeat of japan to spread communist and to you know try to make themselves more powerful also but yeah it was it was pretty interesting and everybody is ignoring me because nobody is a war fanatic like i am i'm not ignoring you everybody just got really quiet but martha you will find it interesting that they start this book off with do you remember when um obama was running for president and his um preacher was in the news about some of the things that he said, especially about us dropping the A-bomb on Japan. I don't remember that specific comment, but okay. Well, he starts the book off with that subject, and he says this book will explain some of the reasons why America did what they did. So he almost defends... Well, 
it is no secret that I not am defends, not defends, but explains. Uh, I'm just saying, one. okay. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of that man. Sorry. The preacher guy? No, the author of this book. Yeah, I know you're not. So it's going to be tough for me to hop in on any comments. Well, on this the reason why. I, I just can't. Yeah. I mean, you you can't write a book like this about history without having an opinion. I imagine that's a, the reason why there's a second writer on this. Is that Bill O'Reilly probably has some input and the other person had input also, which makes it a more well-rounded book than if it's just Bill O'Reilly. But um, Bill O'Reilly's either dad or grandpa fought at the fought in the war in the Pacific. He was on like a submarine. So um, Bill O'Reilly has like a real connection to the war in the Pacific Mm -hmm. because his dad was one of the people who would have had to stay over there and stay in war and possibly died if um, we hadn't dropped the bombs. And Well, he's written a lot of other history-related books as well, I believe. Right. I mean, which is his jam, and that's cool. Yeah, and I almost didn't read it because I knew Bill O'Reilly would be such a controversial name to throw down during the podcast. But down towards me, the liberal freakazoid. Yeah, right. But I'm not, not everybody on this podcast agrees with my point of view, so please don't send any hate mail. Just saying, it's just me. But I kept an open mind, and this was an. Excellent book, and I loved it, and I think a lot of people will like this, especially people who are interested in World War II, especially the fight in the Pacific. I mean, it, it talks about, like, there was, a, um, there was one boat wreck where the ship actually went down, and the people were, like, stranded at sea for, like, five days before somebody finally came, and it talks about how the sharks would come and circle around and just uh, just pick people off. Just come up and they would circle and just, yeah. The hair on my arm is standing up right now. Yeah, it was, it's it's brutal. Like this come out book the is, water and snatch them? Well, come up from the water. They were in the water because they oh. had, their boat had gone down. And they didn't, you know. <sighs> yeah. And. Not a fan of sharks. Yeah. And I, I've watched movies like that before and I've heard of that happening but this went into a lot of detail, and it's a nonfiction book. And, I mean, it's accounts of people who actually survived it. So, I don't know. It was a really good, it was good. A, a lot of detail to specific things like that. Like um, the effect that the, the A-bomb had to the civilians in Hiroshima. And, hmm. you know, the effect that the the pilot of the airplane who dropped the bomb. I've heard of that. I've them. actually heard account of that before. It's very personable. Well, yeah. Very personable. And I like that. I like that it wasn't just facts and figures. It actually told how all of the things affected the individual people during, or, you know, who had participated in these events. I don't know. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I think... Other people would enjoy it, too. I mean, if you're not a fan of Bill O'Reilly's, just keep in mind that this book, while he helped write it, he wasn't the only writer, so it's it's well-rounded. And if you do like Bill O'Reilly, hey, read it. 
All right, then. And it's called um, Killing of the Rising Sun by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. Okay. Kayla, what'd you bring, girl? I brought The Night Tiger by Yangtze Chu. I'm guessing this is not a war book. No, it is historical <laughs> fiction. Really? Oh, okay. It is. It's a story that's based around a Chinese superstition. So it's told from the point of view of an 11 year old. <laughs> Bull in a china shop over there. <laughs> How convenient. Crash, bang. All over. Okay, let me just make all the noise now and don't call her Fernando. Okay. Are you ready over there, Fernando? Yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Nicole's back. I'm good. Sorry. I had to pee. Okay, so you were saying? Um, it's told from the point of view of an 11-year-old boy and probably like a 18 or 19-year-old girl. Um, the 11-year-old boy actually works for a doctor because his former master has passed away. Uh, he's an orphan. He had a twin brother, and his twin brother passed away when they were like six or seven years old. So the little boy is orphaned off, and he goes to work for a new doctor. And once his old previous master dies, he tells the little boy that he has to go find his finger that was amputated and bury it with him because the Chinese superstition is you have to be buried whole. Really? Your soul can't. Your soul won't rest and you only have like 40 something days to do it. So the boy takes this to heart. And then the other part of the story is told from a girl. She's like 16 or 17 years old. And her, she works in the dance hall. And she also works for a seamstress because her mother remarried this man who basically his rule is you abide by my rules. You can't go to school until you're married. You're my responsibility. And this, these are the only things that you can do. But they don't know she dances at the dance hall. Uh. Um, so she comes in contact with this said finger at some point during the story. But what the um, how she ties into the little boy is that their names are are part of a Confuci Confucian virtue. There's five names, and they each mean something. Hmm. I can't remember what they all mean <laughs> right okay. now, but, you know. <laughs> so that's how they tie in together, and they have this deep connection, which while this is historical fiction, there is a little element of fantasy, too. Ooh, I love the fantasy part. So it follows the, the little boy on his journey to try to find this finger. Now this finger, wherever it goes... Bad things happen. Oh, like the monkey's paw. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, like that. So wh whoever it comes in contact with, something literally bad happens I to can't them. help but ask, Kayla, mm -hmm. which finger was it? A pinky finger. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So um, you follow the story, and once the two characters meet, they meet at this doctor's house, and the boy has like this spidey sense, I want to say, when the girl comes around, like he has this really strong connection with her and she's trying to find this finger as well to figure out what the whole thing is behind it she has people chasing you know look coming after her trying to get their hands on because either it brings you good luck or it brings you misfortune um so the little boy his twin brother who has already passed away he communicates with the little boy and the girl through their dreams and he's telling the girl you know you need to you need to fix this. You have to fix this because things are going to continue to happen. And the people that you're meeting 
one of them isn't the person that they seen. Mm. So as you go back and forth in the story, and they also throw in a mystery because apparently somebody is doing some illegal stuff with amputated fingers in the hospital. So you have to figure out why, what's going on. Is everything happening as a coincidence or is somebody actively killing people? Mm. So I really liked it because I, I went, into, went into a thing. It was just historical fiction, but it had other elements to it. The fantasy, the mystery, and there's a little romance, but it's, you know, not overwhelming, not overbearing. And it has some crazy people in it. Like, people will do anything for their desires. I really liked it. I learned about, you know, a little bit of Chinese culture. It sounds awesome. It was really good. Yeah, it sounds like it was really good. Sounds actually something would be a little bit up my street. I think you sounds weird. That's what I read. The Night Tiger by Yang Zi Chu. I'm just sitting here trying to think of what they would do with um, amputated fingers that was illegal. Selling them. You don't even want to ask me. Telling people that this will bring you good fortune, so people are willing to pay the money if they think that's what's going to happen to them. But it's. That'd be a way to like, if you, I, I would think that if you were Chinese, that would be a way to ultimately forever say fuck you to your enemies because they couldn't be buried with, with their, their whole body. You I, know? I think in China, they have the largest black market for body parts, like where really? people will go sell their kidneys, except they'll go sell a kidney and wake up and their kidney's gone and no one paid them for it. And they're in a warehouse and they're about to get like... Actually, yeah, I've terrifying. read a bunch of mysteries with stuff like that yeah. woven into it. But they actually, I think they have the largest market mm-hmm. for it. Black market for And not just parts. like kidneys, but fingers or like just random ass body parts. Because <laughs> they have a lot of, they have a lot of superstitions about things as far as numbers and things that happen. Like they have it, like she'll say, oh, I have number such and such coming up to dance with. That's not a lucky number. I really don't want to dance with this person. And comes to find out it wasn't a lucky number because she ends up getting entangled in this whole thing about this finger. Superstitions. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Chinese culture is full of superstitions. Actually, all cultures are full of superstitions. They're just caged in different ways. If you pinch me, I'll punch you. Well, it is St. Patrick's Day, and I can see that nobody else in this room is wearing green, and I... You can't see my green. I've got green on my shoe. I am wearing a a shamrock necklace that blinks and lights up today. I have green socks on. You know, I'm always really excited when St. Patrick's Day is not on a weekday, (laughs) because then you don't have to wear green. Yeah, I hate when I come to work and people, like, try and pinch me, and I'm... Well, I mean, that's kind of a yellow-green shirt... Personally, I think that. it's just a uh, an excuse to uh, to feel people up to pinch them. Yeah, yeah. And in this building, it's like ninety nine percent guys, and then me and Nicole. <laughs> well, I kind of thought about wearing. I have one green shirt that says "This is my lucky shirt," and I have that same shirt. Yeah, except it's um, really see through. It's really see through and really low cut. No wonder it's your lucky shirt. <laughs> That's my lucky shirt. It's my getting lucky shirt. <laughs> Henry Hudson's, you know how they do their St. Patrick's yeah. stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first off, when I went to pee, I heard Travis on the spot again. It's really weird. <laughs> I was trying to pee. And then second, they had the coolest shirts because it said, like on the front, it said, drink up, bitches. And I on have the, that shirt, yeah. On the back, it said, uh, shut up, liver, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, liver, you're fine. <laughs> Quit being a... Quit being a baby. Quit being a whiny little bitch. 
Speaking of whiny. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was just a... I would have said that no matter who was next. Yeah, yeah. I would have. You know I would have. Just kidding, Nicole. Hey, Nicole, is that a dog on the cover of that book? Yes, it is. Oh, no. Yay. Jesus. Hey, Bring on all Christ. the bills. Now, yep. now, who's the whiny-ass bitch right now? That's me. Go ahead, Nicole. So I have another contemporary fiction for everybody, and it's another one that Martha's literally going to roll her eyes the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> She's already working on it. Um, <laughs> She's not even going to look at us now. <laughs> Okay, so in high school, this is really weird, but in high school, I remember somebody recommending this book to me, and I have meant to read it for over, like, probably 12 years now, and never gotten around to it, um, but I was at Goodwill one day and found it, and it was, like, like an actual, like, in perfect condition, so I paid the $3 at Goodwill and mm-hmm. bought it, and I finally read it, um, and it's called The Art of Racing in the Rain, and it's by Garth Stein. And a lot of people have probably heard about this because it was so popular when it was released. Um, And I think several years afterwards. But it is told from the perspective of a dog. And his name is Enzo. And I know that sounds really kind of stupid. But um, the book begins when the dog is dying. And he's at like old age. But actually, I'm going to just throw this out there. It actually made me like I didn't cry this entire book. And I think it's because, you know, it opens the story opens when he is dying. So I like I mean, you know what's going to happen. So it's not like you it's not like you love, love the dog, love the dog, love the dog. Oh, my God, the dog is dead. Yeah, Yeah, that's a horrible way. Just open. He makes it very clear that he's this dog he's more intelligent than most dogs and his ultimate goal is he really wants to be a human and he can act like he he has thought processes that are very similar to humans but he can't talk or communicate and he finds it very frustrating and this isn't like like the way the story is told it's not super corny it's not like a um cartoon or some like character like it's very almost realistic his Mm -hmm. thought processes Mm -hmm. and so you find out that he's going to die, and then uh, you start learning about how he came to be who he is. And so you f- he like talks about how his master uh, picked him out of a little pile of puppies, pulled him up by his neck, and was like, I'll take this one. And he takes the little puppy home, and then the puppy falls in love with his master. Master falls in love with the puppy, and then you find out about just like... One day the master brings home this girl and the master falls in love with this girl and the dog's always jealous. <laughs> so it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, that how bitch, she came between me and my master. Kind of. But he, so he's like, okay, I'm going to accept this lady, but I'm not ever like, he kind of tells himself he's just never going to love her. But he kind of accepts her and he does end up loving her, but. You kind of so you go through like his life for a while, and his master is also a race car driver. Um, so the dog like is obsessed with racing, and he loves it when his master will leave the TV on for him, so he can watch anything from the History Channel or to racing videos, just whatever channel that they leave it on. He'll just sit there and watch it when no one's home. And 
Um, but then you kind of find more about like this. It goes further into his history and eventually his master's married and they have a daughter. But then they find out his wife has brain cancer. And so this story is being told from the perspective of this dog who gets to watch like and the dog knows that she had brain cancer before anybody else. He could smell it. Probably. He could smell it. Yeah. And so he but then he couldn't do anything. And he talks about how like depressing it is like he can't tell anybody something's wrong with her head, even though for like two years he could smell something wrong with it. And then so you like you see her die and then his master starts going through all this trouble um, because grandparent issues and they're suing for custody. But it's all told from this perspective. And it's so interesting, especially because he doesn't get to see like, I mean, he just hears what people talk about when he's around or mm-hmm. um, he doesn't get to go with people everywhere. So when they're in court, he doesn't get to see that. And so it's re- just really interesting hmm. the way he It's a different way to look at life. it. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost literally like a fly on the wall mm-hmm. kind of book. Yeah. And it's super adorable. Um, and let you fall in love with this dog a little bit. I didn't cry at the end. I didn't cry when the the lady died of brain cancer either. Well, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. there was no crying involved. That Travis, always makes me feel better. That doesn't mean if you read it, you're not going to cry. It just means I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you're getting jaded in your old age. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've, I don't, it has to be pretty, pretty bad for me to cry. But mm. um. I, I very much enjoyed it, and I mean, this thing has 34,000 reviews. <laughs> wow, reviews. so a lot of people. So, yeah, so it's pretty popular, and I'm kind of, I wish I read it, like, you know, 12 years ago when somebody recommended it to me, <laughs> but um, the other deal is if you have kids, they actually made children's books out of the main, like, of the dog, so huh. they're called Enzo. And they'll oh, I've have seen one. those, yeah. So it's based off of this dog. It'll be like Enzo and the Christmas tree or Enzo and the cat next door or huh. whatever. So it's kind of adorable that they turned that it they did that. that. That is kind of cool. I highly recommend this. I think Kayla's read it because she, she's the one that told me. Yeah. Good luck. When I <laughs> told her I was reading it. <laughs> but it's called uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain and it's by Garth Stein. It makes me actually think about a play that I was the lead role in years and years ago because you know I was an actress once upon a time and it was called Sylvia and you were the dog I was the dog I remember you telling me about that yeah yeah I had long curly hair at the time Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was the man brings the dog home from the park he finds her wandering around in the park and at the beginning of the play you don't realize she's the dog you just think that the guy brought this woman home (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually a really good place you get it, it's very foul mouthed as well so mm-hmm. it fits me to a t yeah i think one of the most interesting parts for me was relating it to my own animals because sometimes they'll leave the dog enzo home alone for a long period of time by mm-hmm. himself or he gets lonely or like sometimes if there's like a big event happening and they can't feed him, mm. he talks about that. And I always just feel so guilty, like having to leave for work and leave my dogs at home for eight hours um, and stuff like that. And so reading 
like his thought process on it is really interesting. It just makes me more feel more guilty. <laughs> I'm giving Bonnie the eye during this whole thing because she's like, I don't want to go shopping leave. because I'll have to leave the dog alone. Well, we're going to have to wait and see. We'll see how far. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. You know that. That's why I brought my own car. <laughs> she didn't want to ride with me because she didn't know how long I would take. Well, for one thing, we're still crate training and having to clean poop up out of the crate sucks. It does. And then you got to air out the house and then you got to give the dog a bath. And you got to and... do laundry and you got to spray Febreze all over everything, including your curling iron. <laughs> Yes, that's why I now smell like Febreze all Better the time. Better than smelling like shit. Well, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Don't want my house to smell like poo. It is time for me to... We know you didn't read a book about a dog. No, I did not. I read a book about horrible murder, which is much more palatable to me than... <laughs> I mean, there was murder in my book, just Mine nonfiction too. murder. Well, this is pretend murder, so it's okay. Cutting off penises and putting in dead people's Yeah, mouth. that's pretty disgusting, dude. Pretty far, pretty far off of, uh, of Nicole's topic. <laughs> okay, the book that I read this week is called Before She Knew Him by Peter Swanson. Okay, so um, I want to say thank you very much to Harper Audio, who sent me an audio copy of this book to review. Awesome. Yeah, right? Um, and Peter Swanson has been one of my favorite authors. I don't know if you remember, but on this podcast a couple of years ago, I think it's been now, I reviewed uh, The Kind Worth Killing, which yeah, I remember to that. this day is one of my favorite mysteries. I love that book so much. I, In fact, I had my husband read it very recently. And did he, he like it? <laughs> he didn't like it as much as I did. Mm -hmm. He's like, that ending! I said, but that was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is called Before She Knew Him by Peter Swanson. For me, this book brought up all kinds of really weird feelings that I didn't intend when I began reading it. At the beginning of it, one of the main characters is bipolar. Mm -hmm. And as you guys know, I do have a, a just a hint of bipolar um, she, hers is pretty severe, though. She has a very severe case of it. And because of that, because she's had an episode where she's done something that's, quote, crazy, um, she's very, she's medicated. Well, let me, let me start off by saying she goes to, she meets one of her new neighbors and she sees something inside his house that sparks a freak out because it has something to do with something in her past somebody she knew actually had a trophy like this that he has in his house so she sees that and she automatically is like on guard but because of her past um her husband is like come on now that could have been something else and you know the guy her neighbor she actually asks him about it she says, what is this from? And he says, oh, I just thought it was cool. I saw it in a secondhand store and I picked it up. You know, so she's really seriously freaked, um, out. freaked out by this guy. And she follows him, which, of course, she shouldn't do, but she does it anyway. And she witnesses him murder somebody. Oh. 
But nobody believes her because she's had this episode. So basically what they do is they tell her to take her medication. Oh, man. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing something like that and then have him say, oh, come on now. Have you, are you on your meds? That would be so frustrating. Yes, very. It's like a guy telling you you're just bitchy because you're on your period. Exactly. Right. But it, it's way worse, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's one of those books. It has a lot of twists and turns. Um, I didn't love it as much as I loved A Kind Worth Killing, but it really was complex. That's one of the things that I like the most about Peter Swanson is that there are always tons of threads weaving in and out of each other. And you always get a really nice, thick, chewy uh, thriller out of it. I read it in one day. I could not stop listening to it. I loved it so much. And I didn't even listen to it on high Wow. I do. I listened to it. It was great. That means that she really liked it if she didn't. I didn't up it too much. To two. No, I think I listened to it at regular for me, which is like 1.2. I was going to say, which is still at normal speed. I still can't go at regular normal speed. It just sounds like this to me because I'm used to listening to it so fast. But really, it was excellent. Um, Peter Swanson is a master. There is no doubt in my mind. I I highly recommend him as an author. And this book, I really did like it. The whole idea of having a weird neighbor <laughs> kind of freaks me out anyway, because, you know, they live right next door. Yeah. You, you know? see everything. And, and you really can't do anything about your neighbors. Uh, luckily, mm-hmm. I have good neighbors. But in the past, I have had people that live next door. And when you purchase a house... It's not like you can just up and leave. It's a lifetime commitment. Exactly. It's like when I was raking my leaves yesterday and found somebody's parole information. It was mm-hmm. like, this is what you do now that you've been released from jail. This is your parole See? officers. It didn't have their name on it. But like, why was it in my leaf pile? Yeah, it's, it's freaky. Tell me that. <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to be one of those people who's really... Paranoid? Paranoid about the people that live around you, but... At the same time, you feel like you need to know enough about the people that live near you, especially if you have kids. Mm -hmm. But you get a lot of books that are about weird neighbors, and there's a reason why that is. It's because you can't, literally cannot choose your neighbors. It's really bad, like, when you rent and stuff, because you don't know when one person moves out, they might be great neighbors. You don't know who's going to move in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Might be, you know... Some family that has asshole kids that squirt ketchup on your front porch. I have a feeling that there's there's something that goes with that. Mm, Yeah, that was some of my neighbors. (laughs) And that's the that's the ones that aren't really bad. The flaming flaming bag of poo is also a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never had that happen. Me either. I would imagine that would suck. Yeah. So anyway, that that has a lot of elements in it that are really super creepy. I loved it, of course, because I love Peter Swanson. So pretty much I'm going to read whatever he puts out. Which that book was a book of the month, right? Yes. I think that's actually my book of the month that I chose. Yeah. I was skeptical because I was like, mm, thriller. I'm I'm <laughs> almost over them because they're too yeah, simplistic. Yeah, so that's the deal. This sounds like, it's, it sounds like, it sounds like Woman in the Window. It sounds like like all those... 
Yeah, it kind of. Think it, or the girl in a train. Or it, there are a lot of that type <laughs> of book. But the thing about this one is the thing that makes this one different is that it's Peter Swanson. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to try. It. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not bashing it. Though yeah. I was just uh, it like. But yes, it it does. There are so many of those types of books mm-hmm. on the market right now, and the, and it's because they're popular at the well, moment. Yeah, and I'm again not bad because I I liked. Girl on a Train, Woman in the Window. I thought it was interesting. Like, to mm-hmm. me, it doesn't matter. But if you did summarize all of those yep. books with one sentence, yep. they probably pretty much the got the same. same. Yeah. But I don't mind too much. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, still going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's still my book I mean, of the month. It's on my like bookshelf it, right then now. You like it, it had some really, really good uh, parts of it. But most of all, it had great characters. And I liked the fact that I, I think... I had always felt bad because my dad was schizophrenic and bipolar. And I always felt bad for him because nobody ever believed him about anything because he was always, you know. Is he having an episode? Exactly. It was always that way when I was a kid. And especially as he got older. Because you could see in his eyes he really believed that, you know, the stuff that he saw was real. So he didn't understand how come people didn't believe him. Right. So... I think that adds to the reason that I like the book even more because I have personal experience with that kind of a thing. So, yeah. It does sound good. So it was called Before She Knew Him by Peter Swanson. And I recommend it because I thought it was good. I'm going to read it. You know, there are authors like that for you where it doesn't make any difference what they put out. You're going to like it because... It feels familiar to you. You like that, the style in which they put it forward. And, you know, their characters are well-rounded and, and you know, you get a good feeling from it because it's familiar in some way to you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I used to feel that way about James Patterson, sadly. Well, some people really like Patterson. Yeah, but I don't feel that way about him anymore. I've only read one of his books and I wasn't terribly impressed, but it could just be the book that I picked as the first one, which was Mm -hmm. Zoo. Yeah. Remember they made that like into a a movie or something. And it just wasn't very believable to me. Yeah. Just. And that happens. It, It happens in the same way that over time you like a television show and then you get sick of it after a while. Right. Except Golden Girls. Never Golden Girls. I did that well, when I many, watched. How many seasons? But they only they did seven for see, that reason. Seven is about the limit. See, Unless that happened they to change me it up somehow. When I watched Weeds, I liked it yes. for the first like three seasons, and yes. then after that, I was kind of like, okay, I'm so over this freaking whiny ass chick. Exactly. And it's a bit like that with authors too. There are certain authors you get, and they just click and click and click and click, and then one day you're like. Okay, I'm so done with this. I'm so well, over it. There's also the controversy controversy with like James Patterson because of the amount of books and he publishes yes. one a year. Is he actually pub- is he writing these now or is he like so well known that they're hiring ghost writers for him to help him get his shit well, out yeah, on so time? Well, yeah, co-authors on yeah. his it, new books. Co-authors yeah. is the big thing. It's well, like how yeah. much of the book is actually him and how much of it is the brand? Yeah. And then, I, like, things like uh, The President is Missing, that book, the idea of it, and that it was written with the president, 
made me so excited. And then I went and got that audio book and they've got this really old 80 year old dude reading this thing yeah. and it, <laughs> with 15 second pauses in between the sentences. So even if you speed it up and put it on two, <laughs> you still have the pauses. They're still pausing. And so yeah. it's so annoying, like yeah. so hard to get through, yeah. but it, I, so maybe I could buy it and get through it, but I, I don't know. I've yeah. never, I don't think I've ever actually read a James Patterson just because of my, I guess my perception of it, the, of him. The early, his early novels were really very good. The ones mm-hmm. he did by himself. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what I need to really, check. Really, really very like good. John Grisham. I think he's John also Grisham, got that. John Grisham, his first three novels were excellent. I did buy Innocent Man because I I've been, had been looking for it and, and especially in Oklahoma because yeah. of the documentary that came out. I couldn't find it anywhere, but mm-hmm. when we were at the library sale, I found it. Yeah. It just depends. I mean, some authors, they stay fresh forever, mm-hmm. but but then there are others where you just, it's like that with TV shows. It's hopefully it won't be like that with our podcast. Hopefully we can keep it fresh long enough to keep people interested. <laughs> <laughs> Get sick of Martha and her eye rolling bullshit. Well, you know? we don't have any ghostwriters, so. <laughs> no, we do not have it's any ghostwriters. You can tell it's us warts and all. You know uh, what, though? What? I am freaking starving. Are we doing brunch or what? Let, we got to get yes. out of here anyway. They're doing a remote in here and like yeah. they're going to be calling to check in any minute now. So we have to get the fuck out of the control room Either right now. And go book shopping. And we're going to go ooh, book shopping. Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to eat first? Though? Yeah. Okay. We're gonna go gonna we don't want to be hangry. We're going to get some Bloody Marys up in here. Woo! We are out of here. And that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.